Hello everyone, this is Giulio Coraggio, Location Head of the Italian Intellectual Property and Technology Department at the Law Firm DLA Piper. This is the podcast, The Retail Digitale. I'm delighted to have here my colleague, Danny Tobi. Danny is our global co-chair of um, the AI practice. He's one of those that actually created our AI practice. <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, definitely is uh, uh, one of the drivers that uh, contributed the most uh, to its um, uh, growth. Danny, thank you very much for accepting my invite. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Julia. Nice, nice to be with you as always. Danny, I know that uh, uh, in this period, well, I, I guess that this period is uh, at least the last year. <laughs> You've been super busy because uh, since uh, uh, the launch of ChatGPT, all uh, clients are sort of um, uh, panicking. They are rushing to adopt AI solutions. Uh, what is your uh, feeling of um, how the uh, companies in the US are reacting to the adoption of AI solutions? Are they still uh, uh, looking and waiting? They are rushing to implement it. Uh, what are they doing? Uh, rushing headfirst, um, incredible pressure from the business, from the board of directors down. You know, what is our AI strategy? How are we keeping up with our competitors? You know, I need 50 use cases by next week. Um, so our clients who, who tend to be the legal and compliance and security professionals and, and privacy professionals, they're looking around saying, how do we protect the company without getting crosswise with leadership that doesn't want to slow this down? Um, and, and so for us, it's a balancing act. We're presenting to boards of directors and saying, look, we want you to innovate. We love this technology. We've been working with this technology as long as anybody. Um, but, you know, the best way to slow progress down is to drive a car off a cliff. Hard to hard to speed ahead if you do that. So we're jumping in with de-risking, we're helping people figure out which are the right use cases. You don't just throw AI at every problem. Um, there are projects where AI makes sense. There are projects where AI doesn't make sense. We're helping people build enterprise compliance. So it is, I think, beyond dispute at this point that uh, AI is a compliance issue uh, on the same order of magnitude as privacy sure. and cybersecurity and ESG. Uh, so we're helping people build independent compliance systems that are compatible with those other verticals, but that are specific to AI. And those are the companies that are staying out of trouble. They, they have something to show regulators to say, we heard you, we've put systems in place. They, they may not be perfect, but they're, they're, right with the industry middle of the road doing what we can to make this a uh, effective but compliant technology and those companies will do well yeah uh, you mentioned that uh, we are kind of a guiding clients uh, on adopting ai solutions because um uh, we have not only legal experts like you but also we have a team of technical experts. So basically we provide a, a turnkey solution to the client that wants to tackle uh, AI uh, solutions, right? 
Yeah, so so just in the U.S. alone, we have over 15 data scientists, uh, coders, software engineers, technologists. Many of them are also lawyers. Uh, so we, we have folks who are both lawyer subject matter experts and then technology experts as well. And so what that lets us do is, you know, the biggest problem all of these companies have is, you know, NIST or in, in Europe, the, the AI Act, uh, which of course affects us here too, you know, they've got all these these requirements, but the requirements don't yet have technical standards attached. So yeah. the companies say, we get it. We need to be fair. We need to be transparent. We have to control against algorithmic bias. But what does that mean operationally? So yeah. where we distinguish ourselves is we go with, like you said, turnkey is a good word. We build the programs, but then we also have the technical people to say, let's set up testing, let's set up monitoring. So you can show the regulator, it's not just words on paper, we're testing to those standards and documenting. And that's that's the ultimately the solution. Yeah, you mentioned the AI Act. Obviously, during the last months, you had um, the US executive order, which is more a framework of compliance does it have uh, an actual impact on uh, uh, U.S. companies or we still need to wait for the implementing measures? It, it absolutely has an impact. Uh, so what President Biden did in, in the absence of imminent legislative action was to use the tools that he had um, and wrote a very nice executive order, very comprehensive, very scholarly in, in that it was up to speed on the technology. Um, the problem, and, and it's not anybody's fault, is we're now in the worst of all possible worlds because there's this debate about whether AI regulation should be horizontal or vertical. Yeah. Um, Europe went left, the US went right. So now, and I don't mean left, right, like politics, it's the road. <laughs> so now we have both horizontal and vertical regulation. And now companies have to think both cross-sector and sectorally. And in the U.S., we're going to have different standards from all the federal agencies and commissions. Some of them will be consistent. Some of them will be inconsistent. Some of them we won't know for six months or 12 months. So the smart companies are getting ahead of it. But it's also, you know, keeping lots of plates spinning in the air because we've got to make FTC uh, uh, satisfied. We've got to make EEOC satisfied. Um, we've got HHS for the healthcare clients. We've got um, uh, other bodies for, um, let's say, insurance, financial services, uh, um, uh, uh, education, uh, 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 transportation. I mean, we're we're dealing with so many agencies right now that it's just a matter of practical commercial baseline setting that will satisfy as many people as possible without grinding the whole thing to a halt. That That's where we are in the U.S. Yeah, I, I need to uh, address you a, a tricky question. What was the reaction in the U.S. to, to the adoption of the EUAI Act? Was it welcome? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, it's it's not that tricky. Um, it, it's it's the honest answer is here we go again. Um, you know, there's a feeling that 
Um, Europe has once again uh, beaten the U.S. to regulation. Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on who you ask in the U.S., it's, you know, gosh, I wish we were faster. Uh, Or I think there's a, a, a maybe even a stronger view to say, this is not the regulation we want. We want a more uh, innovation-focused, flexible regulation. Um, but it doesn't really matter because like GDPR, the Brussels effect is is now here again. Um, and AIA will create the baseline globally. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a fact. Um, we will build to that for those companies affected by it. And we also have to predict that once again, states in the U.S. will want to follow suit. Um, so we can expect California to do just like it came out with state privacy privacy legislation following GDPR. We're going to see that here with AI. So um, here we go again. The good news is most companies, or at least the companies that are going to make it through this with the fewest bruises, learned from GDPR. And, and they realized if you skate towards the puck and start setting up structures now, before we know all the details, it's a lot easier than waiting for the final product and then scrambling for two years to stand up a program. So uh, I think there's a lot of lessons learned that that will apply uh, here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Danny, there is lots of confusion on what has to be done to ensure AI compliance. Uh, there are those that think uh, I, I need to reverse it. It's a revolution within my compliance strategy. Does they just think, okay, I should put a couple of disclaimers to my employees to ensure that they are cautious when they use AI? Um, can you just give us, uh, in a few words, uh, the strategy that, as a firm, we adopt in tackling AI compliance? Uh, um, from uh, from yeah, I would say more on the side of uh, the company using AI for their operations, uh, for offering services to customers, and so on. Yeah, I mean, so so I'm a litigator by training, and and products liability, and and, and class actions. So I I always start with that. I think what's the litigation? What's the investigation? And then reverse engineer the compliance program that is tied to actual real world risk. Um, So, you know, that's why uh, even a few years ago, I was saying safety, safety, safety. You know, people were talking about algorithmic bias and all of our uh, activity was around bias. And yes, algorithmic bias is a huge problem. It's a real problem that has been academically documented, but we know how to control for it. And if you do that, if you're smart and you set up controls, You've protected yourself. Safety, reliance, accuracy, no one was talking about those. And I'm really happy that, so we're we're the only global law firm in the AI uh, uh, um, uh, Safety uh, Institute Consortium, uh, which was uh, in in the US, NIST is the major standard setting body for AI. And we're working on that and, and safety is baked into the title. So I'm always helping clients, you know, Let's think about how the tool could go wrong and let's build the controls back. But then, you know, sometimes we end up defending the algorithms. So we are defending the first two tort claims against large language models. And people have to realize 
the same defenses that we used against, a t- you know, to against claims against the toaster aren't going to work for AI. You know, the toaster does not have foreseeability. The toaster does not have autonomy. The, the toaster is pretty easy to understand. So all those sort of like, well, we had a disclaimer or, or, or you know, well, uh, you know, we, 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 we put it through this certification. So it's a good toaster. That doesn't work here. Um, so we're really helping clients build compliance systems that latch on to the defenses of the future because AI is not like other products. It is a whole new thing and the same controls don't apply as as other products. So we're 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 very excited to be working on the litigation side because we're able to distill those learnings and and put the next generation of controls in place. Yeah, so we both act on the litigation side and on the compliance side because they're both part of the defense in case of challenges. Danny, this chat has been very useful. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to talk on and on in the coming years because uh, as uh, Andrew Engine said, once uh, the AI is the new energy, so any business will have to rely uh, on artificial intelligence. Um, thank you again. Have a great day. Well, let, let me thank you. It is so nice to be at a place where I, I can talk to colleagues in Italy and Europe about the AIA who have been living it every day. So, Julio, you have been a real thought leader on keeping us all posted on the AIA, and uh, I'm very grateful for that.